Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the Green Bar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it here on KMOX. It is a Graybar Sports Open Line. We are into hour number two of the program. Our guy Brad Young is going to be in tonight for At Your Service. He is in from uh, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Hopefully we'll get him in here for the uh, final segment of this program as we normally do on Wednesday night. So he should be joining us coming up uh, later on this hour. Also coming up later on this hour here in about uh, 13 minutes or so, we're going to be joined by uh, Luke Korak, NHL.com and the Hockey News. We'll talk uh, Blues hockey after they had a loss yesterday where it's just an uneven season for them right now. They're winning more than they're losing. Beggars can't be choosers to be sure, but when they lose, it's just you – they don't have normal losses. Like most teams just kind of have those those games that you lose because you just happen to lose them. Uh, you play well, but you get outplayed. That's not really the case with the Blues. When they lose, I don't want to say spectacular fashion, but maybe notable, fa- sometimes spectacular fashion like the Nashville game, but certainly notable fashion. So we'll talk with uh, Luke Korak about that. Get into the latest on uh, the Valley sports situation. There was a filing today, and we're getting a more definitive idea of how you watch baseball beyond this upcoming season, uh, What what that's going to start to look like. Um, more so on what's ending, not so much on what's starting, but we'll get into that later on this hour. Uh, Kudos to my guy, Kevin Wheeler, who had a quote tweeted this today, and I took note of it. The Sonny Gray contract, widely reported, three years, $75 million, club option, fourth year worth uh, $30 million, $5 million buyout, if that uh, fourth year option doesn't get picked up. Uh, we didn't know how the money was being dispersed on a year-by-year basis. The assumption, I think, for many was just that it would be straight 25-25-25 over the first three years. But you know what they say about uh, when you make assumptions. And that is not the way that it's that it's going. Uh, there was a uh, AP story that got into it a little bit. The Sonny Gray contract is going to pay him... Just ten million dollars this upcoming season. He'll make ten million in 2024, 25 million in 2025, and then it goes up to 35 million dollars in uh 2026. So interestingly enough, that 30 million dollar option for the fourth year would actually be less money than what he was being paid the year before. And we'll see what everything looks like when when it gets to that point. 
But the fact that it's going to be $10 million in 2024 creates some questions. The first question is, are the Cardinals setting themselves up to do more? Because when you thought it was going to be a $25 million uh, you know, hit this year, you looked at that. And you looked at what the the twenty two twenty three million dollars that was committed to Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, and you said you're just under fifty million dollars between those three pitchers. From a financial standpoint, it feels like there's not a whole lot of wiggle room moving forward. Well, when you take fifteen million dollars off that total, that salary payroll for this year, I think that starts to make things look a little bit different. And then you consider the fact that there is other money that could potentially uh, come off the books if you are if you go make a signing that's going to cost you a pretty penny. You know, I don't think Tyler O'Neill is going to be a member of the Cardinals when we get to opening day. I just I just don't. I'm not saying it's an impossibility, but I am I am very doubtful that he is going to be with the Cardinals. And we'll see, as an arbitration-eligible player, we'll see uh, what he's going to get paid. But he was at uh, just over $10 million this past year. He'll probably be in that same neighborhood, a little bit of a bump going into this year. So if you trade Tyler O'Neill and if you get a team to pick up much of his contract, there's another $10 million that kind of goes away. So you start you start kind of doing the math because – we knew that the Cardinals could maybe get their payroll up to about $200 million or so, and if you did that, you were going to be spending in the neighborhood of $50 million. Maybe that gets pushed a little bit, but it felt like the heavy lifting was being done with the three starting pitchers' contracts. Well, you take $15 million off Sonny Gray for this year because that money's going to be paid out later, and then if you find a way to move Tyler O'Neill, there, there's – there's $25 million right there. And and if you bring in another starting pitcher, at that point there's a good chance that they move Steven Matz. And uh, Matz's contract has him at, I believe it's $12.5 million uh, for this upcoming season. So that's another chunk of change that could potentially come off the payroll uh, depending on what you're able to do, what you're able to get other teams to possibly eat uh, in, in, in that payroll, and that's where you're at. So the point that I'm trying to make, and it's it might not come to fruition. My my leaning right now is that the starting pitching as is is going to mostly stay the same. That there's not going to be another starter that's brought in that would be considered a top two starter in the rotation, a legit top two guy. If if something happens, and there's been some reports out there that the White Sox are getting very close to trading Dylan Cease, and it sounds like the Braves may end up being the team that he goes to. At one point, it looked like that the Braves were the most likely landing spot for Sonny Gray. So the fact that they don't get Gray, maybe they're able to come back around and get Cease. Uh, Tyler Glass now is likely to be moved uh, this offseason from Tampa. Yamamoto is still just hanging out there. We'll see what happens. I don't think any of those three guys are likely to be pitching for the Cardinals next season. But if something happens where the Cardinals can swoop in and make a move, whether it's a trade for a Cease or a Glass now, or whether it's a uh, coming to terms with Yamamoto and everything that goes along with that and the posting system and him coming over, if, if that gets done, there might just be a little bit more financial flexibility than what we originally were thinking. 
I talked about this with Kevin Wheeler during our 515 Sports. And if you don't listen at 515, you should. Kevin and I spend three minutes or so every day talking uh, talking sports. And I made the point that backloading contracts right now is somewhat dicey because of the RSN situation, the regional sports network situation. You don't really completely know what your income and what your revenue is going to look like in future years when it comes to your local TV deal. That's just that's unknown money at this point in time. There's going to be money there. It's just unknown. It might be a situation where you're producing your broadcast by yourself, you know, your TV broadcast. So you're bringing salespeople in, and and you're responsible for the money that's going to be brought in from a TV standpoint, as opposed to the current situation where a bally pays you a rights fee, and then they go out and they do their own sales so they can make money. So you just don't know what it's going to look like. So backloading contracts, not totally knowing what revenue is going to look like, I think that's a little bit of a scary situation. At the same time, and this was the point that Kevin made to me, especially after we got off air and continued our conversation, there's a lot of money that's going to be coming off the books for the Cardinals. There are some bigger contracts that we're going to see, whether it is a, a, a Paul Goldschmidt or somebody else, there's going to be a fair amount of money that the Cardinals have on the payroll that will be coming off the books in the next couple of years. So you can allocate some of that money to the backloading of this Sunny Gray deal. But I do find it that wasn't done accidentally, right? That, that was purposeful. The fact that they, um, and for it to be so pronounced, for it to be $10 million in 2024 and then 25 and 35 over the next two years, if if it would have gone, say, like 20, 25, 30, I, I don't think anybody bats an eye at it. But the fact that it is $10 million in 2024, you'd be crazy not to say, okay, what does this mean for what the team is doing from a financial standpoint? Maybe they're just trying to keep payroll down. Maybe it's about right now, and it's about keeping payroll down right now, and it's not about flexibility. That could be the case. We don't know. But it does feel like they could be setting themselves up for something moving forward. All right, when, uh, we'll get more into that Bally situation coming up later on this hour and kind of break down what was uh, reported today uh, through the Business Journal and uh, what's going to happen with uh, localized TV broadcasts that uh, are currently on Bally, not just in St. Louis, but across the country. We'll do that coming up uh, later on the hour. But up next, we'll be joined by our guy Luke Korak, covers the blues for NHL.com and the Hockey News. He's with us in just a moment. It's Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. Great Bar Sports Open Line rolling on here on KMOX, a Wednesday night edition of the program. The St. Louis Blues lose yesterday to Minnesota by a 3-1 score back at tomorrow at home when they take on Buffalo. We're happy to go to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line and uh, once again, welcome on to the program. He is Luke Korak. He covers the Blues for NHL.com. Also for the Hockey News, you follow him on Twitter at LKorak10. Lou, we always appreciate you finding time for us. How are you? Good, Matt. How are you? I am good. So here's my internal struggle right now, and I want you to help me out. I try to be fair in everything that I say. I'm not exactly a hot take guy. So if I look at the Blues, I see a team that has a record that is much better than I think a lot of people expected it to be at this point in time. I see a team that in the since really the month of November, really from November 2nd on, they've won a whole lot more games than they've lost. But at the same time, when you look at the losses in that time, 5-2 to Winnipeg, 5-1 to San Jose, 5-1 to Los Angeles, that 8-3 loss against Nashville, and then maybe yeah, it's 3-1 against Minnesota. It's more about what goes into it, the, the period with the five shots and things like that. You see these moments with this team that are very alarming and startling, and you want to sit here and and be concerned. So what what's the more powerful force right now? The fact that they are winning a fair amount more than they're losing, or the fact that when they're losing games, they're doing it in somewhat ugly fashion? I would tend to lean more on the way that they're losing because, you know, you can and fans around here have been like that for a long time. If, if they see the effort, if they see the compete, and if they see that this team is, you know, right there at the end, I, th- I think people can live with and understand if, you know, you're going down the stretch and, and, and a game is on the line. And if you don't come out on the right end of it, okay, fine. Sometimes, you know, there's going to be nights where you're just going to get beat, but just far too often for me, when they lose that, that that's been their biggest problem is uh, they'll get down in a game one, nothing. Then all of a sudden it's two to nothing and three to nothing and four to nothing. They don't find a way to get back into games. Uh, they've been really good when they've scored the first goal. Yeah. We've seen that they're the only team in the league that, is uh, spotless on the season when they score the first goal. I mean, they're 10-0-0 when they, when, when they put the first marker up. So, But like you said, you know, there have been too many of the, to me, and, you know, we're only a quarter of the way in, so I'll still reserve some judgment for this. I would say probably around Christmas time or even around the half, you know, half-season marker. But uh, when you're, you know, when you're losing by three goals, by four goals, by five goals and just getting blown out, that that's, to me, that's just too inconsistent. And, you know, I wrote about it a couple of days ago, just, you know, where are the Blues are at at the quarter marker here. And 
to me, and it's it's been a hot topic, has just been that inconsistency. So right now, I probably would tend to be a little bit more concerned with the way they're losing. Um, you can live with, uh, you know, last night, okay, you lost a game by two, but, you know, your goalie gave you a chance to win. Like I said, that's that's a perfect example of where you can you, you can live with something like that. And Minnesota's probably a better team than what their record indicates. And obviously everything they've been through with firing their coach uh, and players not performing up, up to their level, you figure sooner or later they were going to break out and have a good game, and they did last night. But um, that 5-1 loss to San Jose, uh, not good. Uh you get you get you get the brakes blown off of you in Vancouver. Just far too many of those right now, and that's something that they're going to have to shore up here uh, if you're going to get this fan base believing in what you're trying to do out there. Does it feel like an effort issue to you, or is that too simple? Sometimes it does, and that's that's a question I posed to uh, Justin Falk after they lost uh, when they got the brakes blown off of them against Nashville. I mean, you lost that game eight to three, and uh, I asked them. You know, quite frankly, you know, is is it an effort issue or is it uh, just poor execution? And he said both. So, I, I you know, I, I can live with that answer, and 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 it's and it's justifiable because I think when when the execution isn't there, I tend it tends to bleed over into the effort. Then now you're trying to do other things, and when things aren't working out, then maybe you figure eh, this isn't our day. Uh, let let's let's kind of maybe take the day off and. Uh, I don't think you've had as many of those as maybe where you've had just poorly executed games. I think those have been the bigger issues um, because we've seen when this team is on top of its game, it can compete and can play with anybody power play aside. That's a whole, (laughs) that's a whole different story here, but um, a lot of aspects of their game have shown up and we've seen it. Look, they went into Colorado and won a game rather handily beat them by six goals you shut out Tampa Bay and not just beat them, but you beat them pretty bad. So they've beaten some really, really good teams here. But again, on the flip side, they've also had some ugly losses. So, you know, it, it's really tough to tell right now how you can assess and justify uh, what, what the product has been so far just because you've had so many so many ups and downs in, in this first quarter of the season. There really hasn't been a lot of that, um, uh, how do you say it, probably – just a consistency, basically. You haven't seen the, the consistent play that you're looking for if you're a coaching staff, if you're the players, and I think that's still something that they're trying to figure out. But as we ramp things up here, as teams start to really look towards the Christmas marker here, you better figure it out quick because uh, teams are going to because by Christmas time, teams are going to want to know where they stand for the rest of the year. What's odd about this is this is a team that expectations were not high going into the season. I think most people could agree that if this team was in contention for a playoff spot this year, that would certainly be a good thing. So here we are. I've been talking to you for four or five minutes. The The tone has certainly been more negative than positive, and rightfully so. I agree with everything that you have just said, but also from a record standpoint, if the season ended right now, they'd be a playoff team. So they're kind of right where we thought that maybe their ceiling is, yet at the same time, it doesn't feel like they've played their best hockey. No, and that's just a thing. If, if you see this team at, at its best, I think they would be in a better standing. But you're right. If the if the playoffs started today, this team would be in. But is this a team that can 
really realistically when you look at it compete in the playoffs the way the way they're playing just so many ups and downs I don't know that they can and that, that's what I'm saying I I just think that there's there's a number of elements that need quite a bit of improvement yeah you've seen you have seen a lot of good I mean you know other than a few blips there uh on the radar your goaltending has been pretty darn good and last night was a prime example uh if you didn't have Jordan Bennington playing the way he did, uh, you don't have you don't stand a chance in that game in the third period. And that's just the bottom line. So you've got to be happy with that. Yeah, they've got to be happy with a, a number of elements in their game. Has the defense has the defensive structure improved overall? I think it has, uh, not by leaps and bounds because you have had those inconsistent efforts, but I think it has gotten better. Um, but you know, if you're going to compete and if you really want to, if you really feel like you can, you know, take that next step up and compete with those higher level teams, you're going to have to improve your game. But I think they're still in that window of right now, like you said, you know, they've taken a step forward, uh, but they want to be competitive, but they also want to develop a lot of their younger guys. So it is a transition period. So maybe expectations shouldn't be as high as myself included, uh, bestow upon this team, but when you see them where they are right now, and they are in that playoff spot, you'd like to see them maintain it. Uh, they are in a playoff spot, but there really isn't a whole lot of margin for error right now. We're talking with Luke Korak, talking all things St. Louis Blues with him. You you joked about the the power play. They've got the second worst power play in the NHL. Only the Capitals have a have a worse power play percentage than the Blues only a quarter of the way of the season, but also it's they're now a quarter of the way of the season. If you're 10, 15% of the way through, you say, well, this is something that can kind of fix itself. There's been, there's enough games played at this point where you start to see who a team is and that power play just is not getting going. No, and Matt, that's, that's, that's kind of where I want to hone in here because, you know, I'm going to take a look at this uh, when I go back and look and look at their schedule just to see – exactly how many times has their power play had the chance to impact whether a game is won or lost last night was a prime example it's a one-shot game you got a four-minute power play in the third period you generate one shot on goal granted Tory Krug hit the crossbar but that's just happened far too often they've mixed and matched personnel they've tried different things now granted they had uh, before last night they had scored a power play goal in two straight games so we're taking baby steps there uh, that hasn't happened all season. It's gotten, it's shown a, some signs of life. And I know maybe last night is ex, the exception to the rule, even though they had four shots. I mean, you'd like to see more than four shots on goal when you, when you have four power play opportunities. Um, but before that, it has shown a little bit of signs of life. They are generating chances. It's just the fact that they're either not burying them or there's still some hesitation there, whether guys are going to, you know, pull it and, and get a shot away. Uh, so until they get that figured out, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be frustrating moving forward, but I, I don't know what else they can do right now because they've tried so many different combinations. Um, systems wise, maybe you might want to tweak some things up because it's almost like to me, they're a little too predictable in what they do. And the penalty kill knows exactly what's coming when they're out there. And that's what makes it, I don't want to say easy, but again, I go back to predictable when, when the PK is out there against these guys and are able to get kills against the Blues power play. Yeah, Lucy, I never thought about it until this year. All, all the years of watching hockey and watching the Blues, this is the first year where I've sat here and thought to myself that maybe it's a team that's trying to figure out 
how how long you you know you, you stay in the zone and try to get the perfect shot versus well you're you're on the power play so you just have to get some shots and, and just the the timidness and in, in I feels like in knowing when to take the shot it's a it's a very I, I I say interesting I don't know what word to use to describe it but I've never really thought about it until this year with this year's version of the power play. Well, and that's that to me and and, and when I'm watching other teams have success and I'll Edmonton Oilers, a perfect example. Those guys, I mean, obviously the talent is off the charts there. I mean, you can throw McDavid and dry and Hyman and Bouchard and, and, and uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins out there all on one unit. It's boom, 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 boom. They know exactly where the puck is going to go. They move it quick. The puck is off their stick almost literally before they even get it. Um, to me, I just think there's some hesitancy when the blues have their unit out there. And like you said, they are trying to, to me still look for the perfect shot. And then there's other teams that I watch that are really successful on the power play. They'll get it to their points. Those guys are just funneling pucks to the net and they're flooding bodies there or other teams that are setting guys up on the dots for the one timer. And again, it's getting bodies to the net and picking Mm -hmm. up loose pucks. To me, that's just not happening enough with this team. And, you know, if you're running Tory Krug out there, whether you're running Perunovic out there or Justin Falk, I'd like to see these guys from the points just start funneling pucks to the net. Now, maybe maybe you might feel like there's too many layers in front of you and it might not get there, but I'll tell you what, you know, um, more times than not, if, if you start getting pucks towards the net, there's going to be rebounds, there's going to be loose pucks, and if you're getting bodies there, you're going to pick up rebounds. And that, to me, is just some of the things that aren't happening enough, and until they start to figure that out, these numbers aren't going to get a whole lot better because right now, Six for 65, just, you know, that, that's not conducive uh, to, to being a, a playoff team or a team that wants to battle for a playoff spot. Yep, absolutely. He is uh, Luke Korak. Lou, thank you so much for uh, taking some time with us today and, and always, and I'm sure we'll talk again very, very soon. All right, Matt, take care. All right, there's Luke Korak again. Uh, check him out, uh, NHL.com, the Hockey News, El Korak 10 uh, on Twitter, and uh, great stuff from him as we appreciate him spending a little bit of time with us talking Blues hockey. All right, when we come back, uh, I want to give you the updated details on what's going on when it comes to Bally Sports and how long they are going to be broadcasting games. The Blues and uh, the Cardinals impacted by this, St. Louis University. There's a lot of impact uh, from uh, what's going on right now, and we'll talk through that coming up in just a moment as we roll on with a gray bar sports open line on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Happy for another uh, 20 minutes or so. Brad Young is in tonight for At Your Service, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Hopefully he will join us in our uh, next segment. I got a text, but I mentioned the Missouri volleyball team earlier because I knew they were in the NCAA tournament. A texter texted in, said, how about the Umsel women's volleyball team? They're ranked fourth in the nation in D2, 30-1, only team with 30 wins this year, and said they play tomorrow at Umsel at 5 o'clock. So, 
Shout out Umzel Volleyball for uh, putting together one heck of a season. All right, um, this came out today in the Business Journal, St. Louis Business Journal, but business journals across the country had some version of this story. And it continues to impact the way that you're going to be watching sports moving forward. Now, of course, you're listening to the radio right now, and you can just forever and ever listen to Cardinals games here on KMOX and uh, be in really good shape. But the um, the force that is impacting baseball right now from a uh, from a free agency standpoint, probably more than anything else, is the unknown future of how games are going to be televised and what the money that's going to be brought in from a TV standpoint and local TV rights deals, what that's going to look like moving forward. There is, there is no sport that relies on local TV money more than baseball. Baseball plays 162 games. There's just, there's a lot of TV real estate when it comes to that. So uh, the, the, the cost, the, the cord cutting that has resulted in less and less eyes on games and then less revenue and everything, the, just the dominoes that get pushed down because of that, it is impacting the game of baseball. Well, Bally Sports uh, filed something when it comes to their bankruptcy filings that's going on right now. And uh, they indicated that they are going to be dropping all regional sports broadcast in September of 2024, as they go through a full wind down of their business operations. So according to this filing, that's part of a diamond sports group, uh, put this in their bankruptcy filings. Uh, they are going to start to wind down the business and we are less than a year away from the current version of Bally sports. Now for us in St. Louis, Bally sports, Midwest, but there's Bally sports, regional sports networks across the country. We are now less than a year away from them no longer existing in their current form and possibly no longer existing period. So what that means, a couple things. First off, it means that beyond this year, the Cardinals, the blues, St. Louis university, and you know, the, the Missouri Valley Conference, everybody that puts their games on Bally Sports, they're going to be looking for a new home for their product. And there's a lot of different options that can happen. It could be something, you know, what we saw with, uh, say, the Padres and, and the Diamondbacks this past year because Bally just dropped those teams middle of the season this past year uh, as part of everything that's going on. And what happened in those two markets was basically uh, M- using the facilities of MLB Network, they started broadcasting the games uh, on cable. On and pretty much, uh, you know, right now there's a lot of different services that don't have Bally Sports. If you've got like a YouTube TV or whatever, uh, you might not have it. What they did in San Diego and Arizona is they had agreements worked out with just about every TV carrier possible so that the games would be available. And it's more complicated than this, but basically to to really dumb it down and make it super simple, basically there was a cable channel that ran those games and when the games weren't going on, there was nothing there. So it was they were just producing these games, and these games were running. All the same people were in place. They were doing pregame shows and postgame shows. The Diamondbacks dropped, uh, I think, pregame for road games, uh, if I remember correctly. But basically, the content stayed the same. 
And Major League Baseball and MLB Network is ready to step in in every single Bally market and do that exact same thing. If we found out tomorrow that Bally Sports Midwest was no longer going to exist and a Cardinals broadcast had to be produced tomorrow, they could probably get it done using the resources of MLB Network. So the idea that these games are not going to be on TV or on video somewhere, that's not something to be worried about. But the bottom line is Bally Sports is not going to exist. I found this to be interesting. So um, in terms of Bally Sports Midwest, according to this bankruptcy filing, so this is just Bally Sports Midwest. This is not any other Bally Sports network across the country. The Business Journal says that Bally Sports Midwest uh, reported a net loss of almost $14 million for the nine months ending on September 30th. That's shocking to me. In 2022, they reported a profit of $2.5 million. So they went from making $2.5 million profit in one year to having a loss of close to $14 million the next year. Now, a lot of that has to do with the money that they're paying the teams and rights fees and things like that, and we don't need to get into the weeds too much. But that tells you how much the business has changed where you're losing that kind of money. One of the more interesting things that was in this um, in this story is the fact that only the Bally Sports entity in Florida that handles the broadcast for the Marlins, the Magic, and the Florida Panthers reported a net profit. Every other Bally Sports Network across the country lost money except for the one in Florida, and you wouldn't think that a network being led by the Marlins and Rays would do that, but probably what's going on there is the money that was being spent for the rights to those teams. It was not exactly big money to do that. Um, Where this really does impact the Cardinals, and again, this comes from this Business Journal story. You can read at bizjournals.com. The Cardinals' current 15-year deal with Bally Sports Midwest is reportedly worth more than $1 billion. And also, the Cardinals as a team have a 30% stake in the local Bally Sports Midwest business. So they are they are stakeholders in Bally Sports, the Cardinals are, and they're bringing in a $1 billion over 15 years. If you just pull that money out and also take a business that they're connected to and all of a sudden it's losing money, that's where it impacts things. So I don't know what what's going to happen moving forward. Cardinals could do something like the Diamondbacks and the Padres. Uh, they, they could create their own network. Maybe they get in bed with the Blues and they create their own RSN. There are some, there are some regional sports networks that do have uh, some level of success. I think Marquee Sports in Chicago, that's the one connected to the Cubs. Uh, they're doing well when you get out into to New York and you look at uh, the SNYs. They're okay. We certainly don't hear the same things about the markets uh, that have Comcast Sports running the regional sports business. Uh, other people have gotten out of the business. AT&T got out of it with their, uh, with their Root Sports and AT&T Sportsnet. So uh, it's a very complicated thing. Just know that it basically became official today with the bankruptcy filings that Bally Sports is going to be winding down the business and that they are not going to exist in their current form uh, after September of 2024. So uh, it it could end at any moment if, if a decision is made, just like what happened last year with the Padres and Diamondbacks. That's not likely to happen. We're likely to see a full year of Cardinals broadcast on Bally Sports. 
but that's going to be the end of the line at that point. And how you view games after that uh, might change dramatically, might not change that much. There might be some teams that go to more of a streaming option than anything else. The Cardinals do want to have some sort of direct-to-consumer option. So if you don't want to buy an entire package of cable channels, you would have the opportunity to get a streaming package that would include Cardinals games. Right now you can't do that for blackout reasons, so that is probably going to move forward. But as we know, as we know, anytime I bring up streaming on this program, when we're talking about games being on Apple or we're talking about games being on Peacock, immediately – We get text messages, we get calls, we get tweets. There are a lot of people out there that have zero interest in trying to stream a game to watch the Cardinals moving forward. I think this market has a higher percentage of people that feel that way than other markets. And, of course, with it being the power of the Cardinals, they're always going to be on some sort of a TV that's going to be relatively easy to access to when it comes to their local TV package. They're still going to be on Apple TV a few times a year. They're still going to be on Peacock occasionally, and you're still going to have the opportunity to complain about those times. Uh, but event all said and done, I don't think this is going to be a market where it's more streaming than anything else. All right, one more break. When we come back, we hope to be joined by uh, Brad Young. He's in for At Your Service tonight, 8 o'clock to uh, 10 o'clock. Uh, we'll talk. I don't know what. I don't have anything planned for him. A lot of times I have something planned for him. I've got nothing planned for Brad. Uh, we'll see what he has to say when uh, we return in just a moment as we roll on. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. It's your turn in here. I am the attorney. If you hear that music, you know our guy Brad Young is in the house. You're going to hear a lot of them because he's got at your service tonight from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock, a Wednesday night staple here on uh, KMOX. But we always like to uh, bring him in here uh, at the end of Sports Open Line. Hey, Brad. Good to see you, Matt. It is good to uh, good to see you as well. We were just talking off the air. You had a very busy Thanksgiving with lots of people. It did. We had uh, like 30 people at the Young household for Thanksgiving and... Uh, Cooked three turkeys. Three. Had to cook three. Do you get like, did you have ham or anything or was it all turkey? All turkey all the time. Okay. So uh, we had a lot of turkey and uh, all the, you know, all the traditional stuff. And I'm on the cleanup crew. So, uh, because I can't, you know, I can't cook. I I could cook on the grill and that's about it. So, uh, mean batch of chili. But once you get beyond that, it's kind of out of my, uh, out of my area of expertise. So, I'm on the cleanup crew. Ran the dishwasher seven times. Okay, so uh, yeah, I got right in there and helped, but uh, everything went well, and, and things were things were kind of dicey for you on Thanksgiving. Yeah, we went to Colorado for my uh, to see my wife's family, and horrible snow on mm. the way back, like a legit blizzardy type snowstorm. A lot of people, not a lot of people, but a handful of people actually passed away on the highway. Mm. It was we saw probably thirty cars. Uh, in the ditch coming back. We never got over 30 between Hayes and Kansas City a couple wow. times. We just stopped completely. Um, and it's one of those, if you go off the road, you're not going to be, nobody's no. coming for you for a while. Long time. Yeah. So that's uh, that was a little scary. We were talking off the air. You took note of the money that uh, Sonny Gray is getting paid. I did. Uh, and money and sports, uh, obviously those things go hand in hand today. But it always amazes me. Like, for example, with Sonny Gray, he got a $75 million contract over three years, 25 a year. 
And, you know, we throw these numbers around, Matt, just like, oh, yeah, he's getting 25 and Shatani might get uh, however many else kind of tens of millions. Or we, we talk about all these huge dollars in sports, but we never really look at it in terms of how would real people deal with that kind of money. I mean, for, let me give you a great example. Uh, whenever I'm settling cases uh, at my in my real job, it's not uncommon for me to uh, pay anywhere between hundred or seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to settle a case. That's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. And when I'm doing it, I never think about it in terms of what does this money mean to me. I'm always looking at it in terms of what does this money mean in terms of the subject matter in which I'm discussing litigation. And so I think you do the same thing when you're looking at sports and making 25 mil a year, but those kinds of sums of money, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, are just enormous. And I ever wonder, I often wonder if if athletes struggle or what kind of uh, life-changing systems that they have to go through to go from the streets making nothing and then somebody's writing you checks for 25 mil a year you know, how, how does that change a person and how, how does, how do sports leagues try to keep their guys from getting into trouble when they're being handed enormous sums of money? There's a lot of things in place. Like if, if you're out drinking and you need a ride, the league's got a a ride for you, right? Like the, there are a lot of protections, a lot that are put around you, especially for younger players who are coming into big money for the first time in their career for a Sonny Gray, you know, he's been making big money for, 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 for quite some time since his last free agent contract. uh, He's been making better than $10 million pretty much every year. So I don't know if this is life-changing money for him just because he already had the life-changing money. He seems like a guy who's got a pretty level head. What it does is it becomes institutional money. Your family for multiple generations right. are are covered, basically. But I'm just reminded, like when someone wins the lottery, statistics show that about 66% of people who win large lotteries go bankrupt within five years. That's insane. I, I can tell you if I won the—I I believe this 100%. If I win the lottery tomorrow— I'm taking care of credit card debt. I might buy a new car because I drive an 06 Jeep Wrangler that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. I, I, and then whatever else. No, is- no, 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 no. The first thing you do is you call me. Okay. <laughs> That's the first thing you do if you win the lottery. You call me. Okay. Fair okay. enough. But I, I can tell you. My life isn't going to change that much. I'm not quitting this job. I love this job. I love coming to work. Uh, a lot of money is going to go into savings. I can honestly say if I won the lottery, I would take care of my debts and maybe do a thing or two, but I'm not going bankrupt in a, in a few years. Well, and I don't think Sonny Gray is going to be going bankrupt no. either. He is Brad Young. He hosts At Your Service. It is coming up uh, in just mere moments, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. It's uh, At Your Service. Brad Young, Wednesday nights, KMOX, and I'll talk to you tomorrow for another Graybar Sports Open Line. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.